Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bear Necessities podcast. Don't worry. We did not forget about you this week uh, like we did that one week. It's interesting because I feel like we go on, uh, you know, we rarely miss an upload, but, you know, sometimes we'll just like decide we're going to take a break th- one week and then we're like, oh, we forgot to tell everyone about that. And I think that's what happened like two weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, it happens uh, ultimately, you know, whether it's just busyness or, you know, whatever it may be. Um it happens and you know I, I think we didn't even i don't even know if it was like a coordinated break but i think it was kind of just like we were both pretty busy doing our own thing and we're kind of mm-hmm. just okay passing it by and <laughs> you know at the end of the day it's oh jesus <laughs> you know it's okay <laughs> yeah it's okay <laughs> yes exactly um so unfortunately i have bad news for everyone we did not get any reviews last week so there will be no reviews being held out just for you remember if you leave us a rating and review five-star rating review we will read out your review on the podcast you can send us whatever you want um you know i don't know how long we can do this before hopefully it gets too uh, crazy for us to handle but I, I like doing it. I think it's fun and interesting to see what people have to say. Also, another piece of bad news. Uh, we did not get any applications <laughs> for an editor. Uh, so I guess our sale, our sales pitch of not being able to pay you uh, w- did not work out very well. But on the bright side, we did get some feedback from a fan. Um, I teed him up perfectly already. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We got some feedback. And I appreciate it. I'm going to leave your name out of it. Um, and uh, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and read it out. The, the, t- the title of the email we got was at the end of the day. It's like, okay, I, I see this. I see that it wasn't a regular email. I love the pod, but the excessive use of the verbal crutch at the end of the day is very distracting. Cut it out. Sent from a handset device. I'm sorry. We we're he, sorry. You know, we he may uh, not even make it to this point in the podcast. Like he heard me drop it about 45 seconds in, and he's like, "Oh man, <laughs> so, I hate these guys." No, thank you. Uh, honestly, though, thank you for the constructive feedback. Um, I know I did not reply uh, yet. Maybe I'll reply. I'm not sure. Uh, but we we if if you are a loyal listener, you're listening to us now. Thank you. Uh, thank you for the constructive feedback. Um, love the passion of cut it out at the end of it (laughs) really appreciate that um but thank you uh again anyone who wants to you know reach out to us especially if you have a business opportunity it's bare necessities podcast at gmail.com uh that'll be straight to us and you know we pretty much see everything so uh yeah uh, that, that that is the one bright side to all this yeah no i appreciate the feedback for sure and honestly it's uh something that does need to be cut out um you know I do a fair amount of listening back to our podcast. I wouldn't say every episode, but, you know, just about maybe every other um, listen to the episode and definitely pick up on what I'm saying way too much, whether it be filler words or um, pointing out things like that. So I appreciate it only is going to make the podcast better. And uh, forgive me when I do slip up because it's it's going to happen <laughs> for sure. Yeah, Reese has to study himself a little bit more than I do. You know, I'm more of the prodigy. He's more of the, you know, we'll say hard worker. He's getting there. (laughs) I'm I'm just kidding. I listened back to the podcast as well. And I certainly have a ton of verbal cues uh, that I mess up on as well. Uh, We are not uh, 
audio we're not radio show hosts and we we don't hope to be um but yeah no we're definitely going to try to uh, help cut those out because sometimes we don't even notice them you know at the beginning when we started doing this stuff it was like oh it's so easy we would say um all the time um 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 or you know in my opinion or you know everything that you don't want to hear in a podcast we pretty much did in the very beginning of all this and we've cut a lot of stuff out but you know sometimes it's like it's like that muscle memory. I, I don't know how many of you guys are, you know, a fan of hitting the links on the golf course, but you can go to the driving range, you can correct something all day, and the second you hit the course, you know, you're you're back to your old natural swing. So it's uh, I, I think that's the situation at play here. Yeah, probably just about, and I think uh, you know was a good one too. Um, mm-hmm. It's definitely pretty. That's heavy. mine. That's that's mine, man. <laughs> I, I say that a lot. <laughs> I mean, I've definitely said it a fair share too. I think. You know, anything you can do, I can right do. There, right there, right there, right <laughs> there. What? You said you know. <laughs> well, geez. <man. laughs> it's just, go. it's part of the vocabulary. It's not even like when I'm talking like every day when I'm doing work or anything. And, you know, I pra- probably am, but I'm just not noticing it. But I feel like it's even more so just on this podcast because I just go like full relaxed mode, like 100%. Mm-hmm. And my dialect makes me sound like. I'm an idiot. So, but, you know, it, it is what it is. Again, yes, it is what it is. Uh, but let's go ahead and get into the Bears topics again, guys. If you could please leave us a rating and review, uh, we would really appreciate that in Apple Podcasts. Or, I mean, honestly, this is going to sound terrible, but I know like nothing else about other podcast directories. I know we're on Stitcher. You know, I know we're on Spotify. Uh, I don't know if you can rate stuff there, but if you can, please do that as well. Um, Certainly not the uh, technological guru of the podcast. I don't think either of us are. We're just kind of, you know, two dudes running a podcast. Um, there is a yeah, technological guru. Yeah, we could, <laughs> we could use one of those as well. Again, another position we cannot pay, but we could use. <laughs> All right, but let's go ahead and move on to the very first Bears topic. First off, actually, let's start with an NFL topic. The NFL has approved... Uh, alternate helmets to be used in the NFL. A lot of other teams have been upset about this, uh, but a lot of people on Twitter are saying, how come the Bears haven't been able to use two alternative helmets this entire time? Like, have you seen, we literally have two alternative helmets that we've just used and every other team cannot use them. And it's the it's the recent throwbacks with the stripes, you know, kind of like the Michigan yeah, helmets the wing, almost. The almost yeah. One, yeah. And then also the, the white C instead of the or sorry yeah instead yeah. of the like regular one so <laughs> people were just like why are the bears just like they just do it <laughs> like maybe it's because they're like the founding franchise so people are like eh, what can we it's like it's like the old man that's stuck in his ways right they're like oh, you can't do anything about it but i've almost never picked up on it to be honest with you yeah i, I guess, know I'll... i guess with the white sea they can do it because it's still technically the same logo right like, I know the big thing is, mm-hmm. like, the swashbuckling buccaneer that they're able to use now because it's, like, the old mm-hmm. school logo. As for the one that was, like, the throwback <laughs> one, dude, I have no clue, man. Like, that one, <laughs> I guess, totally slips through the cracks. Or not. Like you said, it's just, like, no one really quite cared or not. Um, Apparently, yeah. you're able to remove the decal, which is, like, what the Packers do sometimes. They've done that. But you're not allowed to use an alternative decal and the bears have multiple times so it's one of those situations where it's like you just don't you know the nfl is kind of king of selectively enforcing rules on the teams um 
you know, the NBA does a much better job of it, I feel like. I mean, there was that one time, I mean, what was this? I mean, this is a long time ago, and for really hardcore football fans, they'll remember this. But the Packers notably messed up big time with Aaron Rodgers' injury. Oh, so this had to have been 2017 then. Because Aaron Rodgers, for those of you who don't know, went down early in the season. uh, And then he, you know, Brett Huntley played for the Packers for... I want to say like 12 games or something. And then towards the end of the season, they tried to bring Rodgers back because they were technically still in, you know, playoff contention uh, if they, if they finished out perfectly, but they decided he was on IR. That's, that's important to the story. He was on IR and they're like, okay, we're taking you off of IR. And then they took him off of it and he played one game or two games or something like that. And he was really bad. So they're like, we need to put him back on. He's clearly not healthy. So they put him back on IR. And for those of you who know the rule book very clearly, which I don't expect a ton of fans to, but that's an IR violation. And the Packers ended up getting fined for it. But in the rule book, it says very specifically that a team that takes a player off of IR and then puts him back on IR and adds a player, the exact process the Packers did, when there is no new injury, the player that was put on IR is instantly released. So, clearly the the NFL decided, "Eh, maybe that's a little too much with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, You can't really force a team to give up their best player. But if it was any other player, it would have been released. And people are a little bit upset about that. (laughs) Yeah, right. I mean, that's that's interesting. Actually, um, I do remember, was that the collarbone injury? Yes, yeah. Yeah. Anthony Barr hit him and uh, he went down for the season. I remember that instance for sure actually did not. Which actually, funny enough, sorry to interrupt you, that is what ended up leading to the leading with the helmet rule. Because what Anthony Barr did was perfectly legal by the rules. Or It was like, I can't remember if it was, I got, yeah, I think it was, or was it roughing the passer increases? I can't remember. But it led to a whole bunch of rule changes in 2018. Yeah, it may have been the roughing the passer increase with the driving to the ground. Yes, that's what it was. That's what it was. Because you can you are as a pass rusher starting in 2018, which people forget 2018 season was an absolute mess. They've kind of, you know, found their way around it. I mean, so roughing the passers a little bit of a tic-tac call at times. Uh, but yeah, Anthony Barr essentially drove Aaron Rodgers to the ground, put his body weight on him, and it was legal at the time, but now uh, that sort of play is illegal. Yeah, but anyway, um Alternate helmets could be pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> could be that, cool. I could think that cool. just about uh, just about <laughs> sums it up as far as the fact that at least we'll get to see some some good um, diversity as far as what we're seeing on the field from week to week. And it's interesting because the NFL tried to do that with like color rush and stuff like that, but it's like oh, at the end of the day, why not just let? It doesn't have to be like Oregon out there, but let the mm-hmm. teams mix it up a little bit throughout the season and let them have control of it you know jerseys are a big reason why young fans get into the game people don't really realize that but when you're a kid and you know you see a cool jersey and you're like wow that's really cool you maybe and you're in middle school and your friends wearing it to school you're like oh i want to you know learn more about that i mean the nba i mean i don't want to keep going i don't even watch the nba and i can already tell that the nba's commissioner is better than the than roger goodell uh but Anyways, the NBA does a really good job of, you know, they do the city edition uniforms, which are so cool. Everyone always loves them. Holiday edition. You know, they, they do so much uh, for the uniforms on that side. Uh, and the NFL is a little bit more conservative in that regard. They have strict uniform rules. 
they have rules as to how much of the uniform you can change from year to year. Those have kind of leaned, and I think they're moving in the right direction with those. But, you know, something that's very cool. Something that's very cool. I'm, I'm excited for it. But I, I think we can move on. Unless you have any more hot uniform takes before. No, I think what I was going to say is that uh, as far as middle school kids wearing jerseys, I think the, the best by far is when you get to see that crisp, clean Eli Manning Giants jersey. <laughs> you saw it. You saw. I mean, I saw it. I saw it all the time. We were from Chicago, so you know, it's out there. It's out there. Couldn't miss it. Couldn't miss it, man. Strikes man, it. it. It's Eli Manning is one of those players where I feel like he retired a couple years too late, and if he retired a little bit earlier, he would have been looked upon much better than he kind of was now. Because now it's like he couldn't even beat out like Daniel Jones towards the end of his career. Honestly, a little bit like Peyton, except Peyton is still like much better than Eli. Uh, and and but, but that Brock Osweiler season, he saved himself because if Brock Osweiler would have went on to win the Super Bowl with them, Peyton saved himself by Brock of eventually getting uh, benched and then him coming back and winning the Super Bowl. But Eli, he just saw Daniel Jones walk in the room and was too intimidated, I guess. Uh, but yeah. So moving on. David DeCastro, six-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro, if I if I remember correctly, made the Pro Bowl this past season. Uh, offensive guard for the Steelers. Steelers obviously had a pretty good offensive line last year. Uh he got released, which is pretty startling. He was He's like 30 years old, 31 maybe. Uh, and a lot of people are saying like, man, he's by far the best free agent on the market right now. And for teams that need offensive line help, he might be one that you might want to look at and potentially give a multi-year deal to. Is there any ch- – do you see there being any chance that the Bears could seek this out? Personally, I would love it. But I have a feeling they won't. I feel like it's just a little too big for them at this moment. You know, I feel like if they kind of get in between a situation where it's a team or two um, that they're going up against as far as like a contract battle, I just don't think they're really quite willing to shell out that amount on that kind of player right now. You know, <laughs> they're they're looking for the younger, either younger with extremely high upside or, you know, not necessarily budget veteran, but they kind of. They kind of gave that that veteran with a decent sized contract to to Robert Quinn. And I mean, unfortunately, mm-hmm. it just didn't quite put it to the to the right person. And you can even say Jimmy Graham too. I mean, they're kind of they have a couple of these players on the roster that are veterans that have a little bit loftier contracts. At the end of the day, though, I mean, you're right. It it, it would be a great pickup for the Bears. I think that it's something that would really seal this line off. At the same time, I just don't see them quite being aggressive and making the move. If only he was a tackle, you know. That that'd if be only perfect. He, because yeah. interior wise, they're they're doing okay. I mean, they're doing they're doing good, good. pretty good. I mean, I'd say that maybe they're not top ten, but they're above average. Which I mean, mm. in the NFL, I mean, that's kind of like a six team difference there. So nothing crazy, mm. but yeah, pretty good. Yeah, they're they're pretty good there. It's unfortunate because I feel like I almost this might be a little bit of a hot take, but I almost feel like Morgan Moses would have been more beneficial to the line just because of the position. I feel like we, you know, Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy feel a little bit comfortable with Sam Mustafer there. 
uh, at center, and then James Daniels and Cody Whitehair, which are the two best linemen we have currently, uh, being at both those guard positions. Uh, but you, you know, could upgrade Mustafer for sure. Uh, there's you can't. There's definitely here's an, the thing though. An upgrade here's upgrade for him out there, hundred percent. I I agree with you, but I feel like I I don't know because is. Cody Whitehair a better guard or better center than Sam Mustafer because if you get to Castro you're putting Cody Whitehair at center and I feel like the offensive line was just way more cohesive with Mustafer at center I think it's just because Whitehair is that much better at guard yeah that's the thing is like if you add on to Castro even though I would still like them to make the move and he's a stud player it's like you have three guards you literally have three guards <laughs> and I know James Daniels was a center in college but his center season with the Bears was a lot yes. worse than his guard seasons. Yeah. It was terrible. It was pretty bad. And they, they literally went back to Cody Whitehair uh, playing playing this, the center position, which is weird because Cody Whitehair, they just said, from, from what I've heard, they said that uh, Daniels was not vocal enough. He he wasn't like the field general you kind of want out of your center in the NFL. Uh, he, he was a little too timid and quiet. You know, he's a quieter guy. But... At, at the guard position, he's awesome, apparently. So, uh, I, I mean, that's all that can be really said about David DeCastro. I would love for the Bears to add him. I don't see it happening. Uh, I, I wish we would add him because I want to keep Justin Fields healthy if he has to play. I don't want him being attacked by this offensive line and then getting injured and having that linger on in his career. But again, Justin Fields has been a pretty healthy player throughout his career. Maybe it's not entirely necessary. And the offensive line was playing much better towards the end of the season when Mitchell Trubisky stepped back in. But I guess we're going to have to see on that one. So moving on to the next Bears topic. More Arlington news, man. More Arlington news. Arlington Heights, the the, the Arlington racetrack was approved for a stadium. Actually, there's a ton of there's a ton of Arlington Heights news, man. I mean, I, I would have never imagined we'd be talking so much about Arlington Heights in our podcast, but the the stadium was approved for Arlington Heights location. Uh, all the regulations there cleared it, so they can build a f- uh, stadium on that location, which was a major hurdle. And the Bears almost instantly after announcing that they made a bid for the stadium came out and announced that. They are going to be sponsoring, or they're going to be joining a sponsorship with Bet Rivers, which is so. I had no clue about this, but Bet Rivers, the owner of Bet Rivers, is the owner of Arlington Racetrack right now. So they're 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 doing a sponsorship with Bet Rivers, and Roger Goodell came out and said the Bears are looking for a long term Soldier Field alternative. Dude, I think this is going to happen. I think that this is going to happen. Like at, at this point, it makes a lot of sense. And I have a feeling this is a big reason why. Sports betting just got legalized in Illinois. So what, what if you want to build, I mean, look at the, what the Raiders did. They're building a casino essentially in their football stadium. I have a feeling that's what's going to happen with the Bears. The Bears are going to get this location bid, even if they're not the highest bidder. And they're going to work with a long-term partnership with Bet Rivers, which is a really big casino in Chicago. And they're going to put a, they're going to put a casino in the new stadium. I think that's I think that's going to happen. Yeah, and ultimately they're going to go from the team that could barely make any money from like their 
can in like in stadium things you know they weren't making any mm-hmm. money from what they were getting in soldier field because the city owns it and they're gonna completely flip the script and they're so gonna I, make it they're gonna make it into a compound essentially which I, i'm kind of with you it, it seems like there's really no kind of stopping this right now i mean if it's a pressure to it's if it's a move to put pressure on the city they're doing a damn good job you know yeah. they are really cranking <laughs> really? up the heat you know yeah, no, exactly. They're doing a great job. I almost, in the beginning, I kind of viewed it like that. Like, I still viewed it as a long shot. And it's weird to think that the Chicago Bears might play somewhere else other than Soldier Field. But when you look at, I mean, it just seems like it's one news bid after another since they announced that they put a bid out. It's like, okay, bid in, stadium cleared, partnership with Rivers. It, 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 it's like, it, it's crazy. Like, Roger Goodell comes out and and, and makes a statement on it. I, I think it's going to happen at this point. Whether whether fans like it or not, I think it's happening. And yeah, they're going to make a lot of money off of this. And people were also speculating, you know, there's been talk as well about the Bears potentially selling the team. The one thing that the Bears are really missing is that they don't they don't own their stadium. They they don't own their stadium. They 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 and that is such a huge profitability factor for NFL teams. There were some projections that, you know, some, I guess, some finance gurus on uh, Twitter (laughs) were talking about where pretty much by building a stadium, they could almost double the value of the team. Yeah. So it's it's going to be really crazy if this happens, but at this point, I think it's going to happen. And I truthfully believe it's a genius move by the Bears. I, I do. I think it's, even if fans don't like it initially, I think it's going to be a genius move. Another thing that I wanted to mention, did you ever go to Arlington Horse Track? Never. So I've been there a couple times, actually. And what I never understood about it is you're allowed to bet on site there. They always they always had betting on site for the horse races. Yeah. What? That's just confusing to me because I thought you weren't allowed to bet on sports. I don't know. It's horses. I, I guess I never really it, thought too different? deep. In, I guess I never really thought too deep into it. I mean, you bring up a really good point, but isn't that the whole point of horse tracks? Honestly, uh, yeah, it is. It really is because that's what people do is they they bet on their races. But it, it's it, it is interesting. You know, there's certain plots of land where casinos are allowed to be built and. You know, different sports books are allowed to be built based on certain regulations. I don't know the whole entirety of it. All I know is that for a long time, you know, betting was pretty much federally illegal. And but in certain locations, you were still allowed to it. I'm not a I'm not a lawyer. I'm <laughs> I'm not someone that's big into legislation. Uh, but that that is very interesting. I wonder if there's anything that has to do with that plot of land that makes it a little bit more easy for sports betting to occur. I mean, it could be. It could come down to like city ordinances and things like that. I mean, I have no clue as far as kind of their local politics in that area. Um, other than that, they are, are very well willing to accept the Chicago Bears with open arms. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Clearly, yeah. Oh, yeah. because the Dude, revenue that's yeah. going to bring to that, you know, su- <laughs> suburb would just be nuts, you know. But crazy. Hey, they're making the moves to make it happen. Um, you know, they had, you know, Arlington Horse or, you know, the Arlington Park, whatever you want to call it, whole compound that they had there for the, the horse racing really serves as a perfect place where it's like, man, you know, they had this big plot of land dedicated to it already. Might as well just 
you know, put in the next project. And they're going to level the current standing structures there, right? Like they're I, not going to like try to build around it. So. Okay, yeah. that's that's what I'm hoping for because Arlington Horse Track looks very much like a horse track, not a not a not a football stadium. So if they do this, I really hope they do that. But Only again, imagine it's like a bunch of high school bleachers all the way around. <laughs> They're going to an even smaller capacity. Oh my gosh, that that would be insane. Let's go ahead and you know we'll save the rest of this talk for our Arlington Heights pol- politics podcast uh, that I'm sure we'll start later in time. <laughs> but let's go ahead and move on. More Justin Fields news. Uh, we got a lot of Justin Fields news, but before we get into that. Eddie Goldman is going to report to training camp. There were some situations where, you know, as you guys know, he did not report to OTAs. He was not excused from OTAs and people were concerned. But a report came out today saying that source close to the situation said that Eddie Goldman will certainly be at training camp and that there is not going to be a holdout. So I have no clue what this whole OTA situation was about. Um, maybe it was literally like he just wanted to have a vacation or something during the specific week of the year. But Good to know that Eddie Goldman is planning on playing next season. Yeah, it's good news. I don't know if you saw a lot of the fan feedback, but they were, uh, it was pretty harsh. <laughs> there yeah. was a lot of this man sat out for a year just to not show up to OTAs. And I definitely understand. And I think it could be either, you know, something down the line of maybe he went on a trip. I mean, I don't know. Or just not really quite ready to come back. And, and we do see mm-hmm. a lot of players that, you know, don't show up to some of these mandatory workouts in the beginning of the off season, whether it be mini camp, whether it be OTAs, and show up to training camp just not quite with it. So it's gonna be really curious to see the first couple of days of training camp if he's maybe a step or two behind just because he's not quite quite with it. I mean, it's not that he just missed OTAs; it's that he's been out for like a whole year at this point. So really? where do we where yeah. do we realistically expect him to be at? Oh, I mean, over a year at this point. It's almost two years. It's crazy to think about. But yeah, that is going to be a huge question. Hopefully he can be ready by week one. I think that his position is more of a power-based one, less an athleticism-based one. So, you know, maybe that makes it a more easy transition. Hopefully, Eddie Goldman is going to be ready for week one, though. I would be very upset because we desperately need him. Desperately need him. He was so missed last year. He's such an underrated piece of this defense. I'm willing to say that he's almost as important as Akeem Hicks, if not equally important, because he just has such an important position, and he makes everyone around him so much better. Yeah, with about how many games Akeem Hicks plays per season, yeah. I mean... I hate to say it, and I hate to be that guy because I know that Akeem Hicks is very well-loved, and he, he is a great player, but it's getting to the point where it's like, you know, he is injured every season. Mm-hmm. I You know, yeah. you can almost you feel pretty confident Count saying out. that, you know, he's going to be missing a couple of games this next season, you know, which is good because if they, ha- if they have, well, it's not good that he'll be missing a couple of games, but it's good that Eddie Goldman this will be This is a back. good thing. <laughs> We're such homers. We say that when a player gets injured, that may be one of your best defensive players. This is a good thing. For it's giving someone else an opportunity. Bear down. Um, but anyway, what I'm saying is at least if they got Eddie Goldman back playing in that nose position, then they can put Bilal Nichols out there and then he's right back at end. So it gives you a, a little bit of that extra toughness, a little bit of extra security along that already strong front seven, um, strong front three. So 
Yeah, I mean, I'm happy that he'll be back, hoping that he's going to be, you know, at tip-top shape. I mean, certainly wouldn't expect him to be right there um, 100% because I feel like that'd be an unrealistic expectation. But hopefully looking pretty ready to go, catches up to speed, and like you said, by week one is, is ready to go, go out to battle. Absolutely, absolutely. Great points there, Reese. But at the end of the day, no, I'm just playing. <laughs> Solid just transition. Playing. <laughs> Great transition. It's our favorite transition at the end of the day. Uh, let's go ahead and move on. Matt Nagy, man. This is this is something people kind of took in different ways. He, he Matt Nagy, I don't know what he's doing. Maybe he's trying to like get some friendliness with the media, but he's been going on media tours this past year. Like he's just he's showing up on everything. He's on Colin Coward. He's on you know Fox Sports. He's he's on everywhere. It seems like it's like every other day we get a statement on Justin Fields and Andy Dalton. It's a little annoying. But Matt Nagy, anyways, he came out and he said Justin Fields is about where Patrick Mahomes was at at this point, which people are kind of taking in two directions. The, when I heard that. I instantly thought negative, and maybe that's just the Bears fan in me, where I'm like, okay, Patrick Mahomes, people want to have this revisionist history. He was a very raw talent, and when you say he was where Patrick Mahomes, I just take that as a lie. I think Justin Fields is, as far as like executing a playbook, beyond where Patrick Mahomes was certainly at after they got drafted, because Patrick Mahomes was extremely raw, extremely raw, and Justin Fields... Ohio State's offense is absolutely different than a lot of NFL offenses, but it's more NFL than a lot of other NFL offense than a lot of other college football offenses. Anyways, but other people are saying, oh, he's comparing Justin Fields to Patrick Mahomes. It's like, it's kind of which way do you spin it? Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of Nagy right now, at least with the way that he's handling <laughs> media. I mean, yeah. come on, dude. Like, you keep digging yourself a bigger hole. Like, I can't even completely remember what I was mad about last week. But why why bother drawing the comparison? What does that even gain you? It's like he can't separate. He's got he's got his Coach of the Year award, you know? And, mm-hmm. and he's making statements, too. Oh, my goodness, bro. Let me get started on this one. We're going <laughs> to win the Super Bowl if we didn't miss that kick in the wild card yeah, game. Yeah, that... What that, a statement, huh? If we didn't lose out in the first game of the playoffs, we're going to win it all. Like, okay, okay yeah, you, bud. I mean, that was a good I, I, team, I think, but... Listen, listen, listen. Oh, here, here, here it comes. Here com- it comes. I, oh, boy. I kind of agree with him. <sighs> I, I agree with him a little bit. Because who, who went to the Super Bowl from the NFC that year? I don't know. Was it the Rams? It was the Rams. The Bears destroyed the Rams. So no, they I obviously dude, they beat them yes, in like a, they a turnover fest. No, oh my God, no! They the Bears defense made Jared Goff look terrible. They they okay. I agree. Well, it Bears wasn't like sixteen points. It wasn't. It wasn't a blowout. But the Bears controlled the pace of the game the entire time. I'm not going to say we beat them like we beat the Buccaneers that one time, but. By the way, when I say the Buccaneers, I mean 2018 Buccaneers, not you know 2021 Buccaneers with Tom Brady. I mean Jameis Winston uh, led Buccaneers. I mean Ryan Fitzpatrick led Buccaneers. But listen, listen. Okay, who who would they want? The Eagles lost to the Saints just barely. That Bears team was better than the Eagles that year. It was just the Bears. The it, I mean I'm not gonna say it was just playoff football in my head. Okay. I don't know if they yeah, would have won the Super Bowl. I don't think I don't think they would have won the Super Bowl. That offense was never good enough to win a Super Bowl. 
it, and this isn't two thousand top anymore. ten in scoring. It was top ten in no, scoring that year, dude. I don't care what you say. That that <laughs> offense was way too still predictable at that time. Even then, even though twenty eighteen, we're optically, talking about the best Bears offense in twenty years. <laughs> I, I know I <laughs> that's am. not a good. Dude, thing. I know I am, and that's a sad, sad statement, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I, it's not like oh six where they can walk out there with Cedric Benson and Thomas Jones and feel comfortable. <laughs> Listen, I understand what you're saying. But I think if the Bears make that kick, there is a solid chance to play in the Super Bowl that year. A pretty solid chance. I'm not going to say, okay, they won. They're not. I'm not going to guarantee any team wins the Super Bowl. But I think they play in it, and I probably would have predicted them losing to the Patriots as well because it's like it's the Patriots, and we lost to the Patriots that year as well. But man, we we, we almost beat both of those two teams. Both the, we beat the Rams, and we almost beat the Patriots that year. But it, I, I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. You know, maybe I'm the homer here. Maybe yeah. I'm the... I, and I think it was very Chicago sports of you to come out and say, I don't even remember what I was mad about last week because that is just... The, no, that it, is just it very the, well is, but he, he keeps coming out in the media and it's like, dude, what do you want? Like, you got the Coach of the Year award, which sure, fine. whoop de doo You know, congrats. What do you want? Like another award for, you know, coaching Mahomes in his first year <laughs> while, while he didn't play. And then now having another quarterback that hopefully has a trajectory of Mahomes. So I'm going to compare the hell out of him. And then the would have won a Super Bowl award if <laughs> if if my kicker made a field goal kick. Like, come on, man. Like, get out of your own damn head. Like, you should be confident in yourself. But this man's acting like he's really accomplished something. And he you, you bring up you bring up a lot of good points. You bring up a lot of good points. I think Matt Nagy had, and this is weird because this isn't even on topic. We need to get back to the topic in a minute. It it's impossible not to say that Matt Nagy is the best Bears coach since like since pretty much Mike Ditka. He pretty he pretty much is. I mean, we've been in the playoffs two out of the past three years. He has a winning record that is so far and beyond. Yeah. Well, actually, Dude, I can't even bar, say. I, I should say. Love, so hold on, low. hold on, hold on. Lovey Smith, of course, went to the Super Bowl. I, I completely glossed over him. Obviously, was really good at the time. But Matt Nagy, as far as offense goes, I feel like. I feel like the Bears have had more stability under Nagy. St- stably bad still, but but more stability. Well, I mean, the team has drastically improved from where they were from what twenty ten to twenty sixteen. I mean, yeah, that was absolutely rough. That living. was terrible, terrible. <laughs> that John Fox era, and then God, I can't even remember what what's uh, Mr. CFL. Yeah, Tressman, Mr. God CFL awesome. himself. What a God. what a what a dumb decision. I like you I want an I offensive get... guru. I present you, Mark Tress. Oh my God. Look, it makes then, sense why there's so much frustration with this team. With <laughs> with the Bears, with the Bears, the bar is so low in some categories. It just, you can't help but beat it eventually, right? I, I mean, what? I, I can't wait till Allen Robinson could possibly break the receiving record for the Bears. What is it, 5,000 some yards on the team? Like, And he's getting close. He's getting yeah, close. He's probably and, at, like, what, almost 3,000 right now? I, I, I think, yeah, he's, he's, two, he's two more seasons of what he's been doing from breaking that. Yeah, and realistically, he'll, pro- he'll get a thousand this year for sure. And then, it, as long as he re- if he re-signs with us after this franchise tag, he's gonna beat it. Who even holds it? It's like, uh, is it Marshall? No, 
Let me look it up real quick. I we talked about this actually. Um, Who that is honestly such a great question. It's not. It's definitely not Jeffrey. Jeffrey did not have that many. Good it's actually some course. old. It's some older guy. Yeah, it's Johnny Morris. From 1958 to 1967, dude. <laughs> dude they play. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure they pay, played like 12 games a season during that time too. <laughs> that is ter- that is so bad. That is so it's bad. The, the, edit, the, oh god. Why do we do a podcast on this team? <laughs> anyway, though, the topic was about. Uh, Justin Fields. Look, I'm excited as hell for Justin Fields, and I'm not trying to create any kind of field slander from this. You know, Fields is the shining star of this team right now, and absolutely should be. Uh, but there's no reason why we need to compare him to Mahomes. He's not even close to the same quarterback. No, it's it's very it's very opposite. And but do you take this like? <sighs> no, I take, Matt, no, here's, I take here's how I think he's Matt, trying to create a headline, man. Like, you're right. He's doing, like, this weird media tour. I don't know why he's all of a sudden so obsessed with it, but he wants to see himself in the media, apparently. He's doing the co- he's doing the Cody Parkey coming on the Today Show after he misses the kick. He yeah. has a couple bad seasons. He's like, man, I need to I, I I clear my name out. Uh, listen, I, I take this as Matt Nagy trying to say that this is what I think his intention was. Okay, and I understand why Barry's fan. I think he's trying to, I, in a very bad way, he is trying to make Bears fans more patient with Justin Fields because he's asked for patience from Bears fans in the media alone. And I think by saying, oh, Justin Fields is about where Patrick Mahomes is at, he's trying to you know maintain confidence in the quarterback but still tell Bears fans, listen, Andy is the starter right now. We want Justin to really take time to, you know, develop and learn the playbook fully. But what he 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 kind of missed out on is the fact that NFL fans are very they they're very revisionist in the way that they think. When you say, "Oh, Justin Fields is where Patrick Mahomes was at," Bears fans are instantly like mm, Patrick Mahomes comparison, which is not technically where what he did. But it kind of is what he did. And when the the headline, and even honestly, the video of it makes it a lot less dramatic as I feel like the reports were. But when you take this out of context and you're like, oh, Justin Fields is about where Patrick Mahomes at. Bears fans instantly are like, oh man, we got Patrick Mahomes. And people are thinking that it almost does the opposite effect of what he wants. Now Bears fans' anticipation is even higher. I took it in a different light where I was like, oh man, if Justin Fields mentally is really at where Patrick Mahomes is at, that's a bad thing in my life. That's a bad thing in my head, truthfully. Because Patrick Mahomes was extremely raw coming out of college. Extremely raw. So if Justin Fields is only where Patrick Mahomes is at, there's a lot of players who were at this point exactly where Patrick Mahomes was at and failed. Patrick Mahomes is kind of an anomaly. Yeah, I I, I don't really... I think that... I don't really know what kind of positive spin there can be on it. Like, sure... I think you brought up some good points, but I'm still almost of the mentality where I'm like, this coach was, you know, one more loss from maybe being fired. Now, like the Bears don't really fire midseason, so it probably wouldn't have happened. But really, if we look back, Matt Nagy's pretty lucky he still has a job. Like a lot of NFL teams would have fired him. With that being said, I think Matt Nagy's going to be a good NFL coach, you know, 
I mean, he kind of already is, but he could be a great NFL coach someday. Whether or not that's with the Bears or not, I mean, we will see. I mean, he's got the ammunition now. This Bears roster, talent-wise, is probably about as good as it's been, you know, in a very, very long time. It's been like that during the whole Nagy era. But we'll see what he can actually do with it, you know? Tired of these media promises. Go out there and win some football games. Don't crap out in the first round of the playoffs. At least make it to the conference championship game, and we'll talk. And Matt Nagy is very difficult because he really was given a pretty crappy situation in hindsight. I mean, Mitchell Trubisky, I cannot believe how many comments we got on YouTube of Bears fans wanting to keep Mitchell Trubisky after last year. Yeah, he did nothing to make it work, though. He, he was a, a curmudgeon about it from the very start, threw a fit, because that's what Matt Nagy does. Oh, Nagy. Oh, you're saying Nagy. I see. Yeah, he threw a fit. I mean, sure, yeah, Trubisky, you know, not a world beater. <laughs> you know, backup quarterback right now. Not amazing. But it took him until the end of last season to really start to tailor the offense to what his strengths were. Listen, I, I agree. Okay. I agree. I agree. I agree. Matt Nagy is very stubborn in his scheme. But to be fair, that is the scheme he really understands. And, and the way that Kansas City... Sometimes it's difficult when you... Here was the, here was the issue with the Bears. The Ryan Pace made a terrible decision in management to not fire their head coach, John Fox, before they drafted a quarterback. And they got Trubisky, and he wasn't at all what Nagy needed. John and he Fox just mentioned Sean Watts. Yeah, that would well, I don't know about now. <laughs> going on. Now that becomes a more loaded statement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, obviously John Fox would have been more right. Um I I, I think that Matt Nagy still hasn't gotten a fair shake though. Mitchell Trubisky was so bad that after his rookie contract, he only got one million a year, which is rare for as high of a pick as he was. Usually you get a second chance. Ryan Tannehill got a second chance. Marcus Mariota got way more than one million a year. It's very common for highly drafted quarterbacks to find that second spot and you know try try to figure it out. I mean we're talking about Mitchell Trubisky. Again, the, the one of the best things in the NFL to really talk about is don't believe a team's what they say to the media. Believe where the money goes. Believe what a player's contract is. Mitchell Trubisky, I mean, he's his contracts are in line with someone like a Josh Rosen. With someone like, I mean, Blake Bortles had a better contract with him after he finished with the Jaguars. I mean, that is the level that the NFL sees him at. We're talking a former number two overall pick. That is how bad he was. And I agree. You know, that's, that's where I really... The way the Bears used Mitchell Trubisky at the end of his career, I think that was the moment where Matt Nagy said, listen, at this point, I can't even try to develop this quarterback anymore. I just need to save my job. Blake Bortles made it to a conference championship game. He did. And you know, and you actually said that they're going to beat the Patriots in that game, too. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did say that. But, but you have, that was one that, that was like 2018 Mitch. Blake Bortles that year was 2018 Mitch where he had this insane defense behind him. 
And honestly, I'm going to even come out hot on this. They should have beat the Patriots. That was complete BS. Some of the calls that the Patriots got that game. That was terrible. The Jaguars should have beat the Patriots that year. (laughs) Great F takes today, bro. (laughs) Absolute trash, man. We're out here. We're creating a double standard between Mitch Trubisky and Blake Bortles. Here we go, man. Here we go. And it it is bad to say that. I don't know, man. I don't know. I honestly, I think, again, though, we're talking the two quarterbacks, Matt Nagy, only one of which he kind of got to choose, which was uh, Nick Foles, which is like, okay, the Bears knew that Nick, they knew (laughs) that Nick, and even when you look at the other quarterbacks available, Nick Foles was like, okay, about equal to like Teddy Bridgewater. At the time, it seemed like a, a, a fair transaction. At the time. Even now, I mean, we're talking about Cam Newton last year, who was terrible and we're talking about teddy bridgewater who was also terrible all of those uh, he would big have been better than nick Foles. i agree i think teddy bridgewater would have been better than nick Foles. but teddy and the bears try to go after teddy bridgewater first but nick Foles is is bad but i'm just saying everything else is bad now matt Nagy, the the point i'm trying to make <laughs> at the end of the day <laughs> is that 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 Matt Nagy hasn't had a fair shake. And I think that Justin Fields is finally going to be Matt Nagy's fair shake at the quarterback position. If he, if Matt Nagy can't play with Justin Fields, he can't play with anybody. Okay, I mean, I'm he glad, can't I'm develop glad anybody. we can settle that. If he somehow manages to F this up, then he absolutely needs to be out. I'm not saying that has to be one year. At the end of the day, Matt no. Nagy's a huge winner here. I mean, he's survived through a lot. Um, and he gets probably at least another two years. I hope. I almost and, hope that he gets more stability. I hope that uh, we don't lose the first four games because we have Andy Dalton at quarterback and we fire him. I want to see this through. Yeah, that'd be fun to cover, though. <laughs> Come on now, Sean Desai, Chicago week, Bears head coach. Week four firing. Oh man, that makes the season. <laughs> no, that's not fun because guess what? Then who's developing Justin Fields? Sean Desai. Bill Lazor? Do we want Bill Lazor being the... Desai? Where are you coming know. from, bro? Who, who's going to be the intern? The intern, I'm saying. I have no clue, dude. All right. I, 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 yeah. I mean, let's <laughs> I'm just not, hope. I'm not letting you be right today, bro. Just... <laughs> we are all wrong. <laughs> you know, if you listen back to our past podcasts, you know, we, we are pretty wrong. You know, honestly... Nah, we're pretty right. We are pretty right. I Except think we've our been 2019 pretty... season predictions. We were very that bad. that that was I will eat criminally my words all day bad. <laughs> that was criminally bad. <laughs> like I am surprised anybody listens to us still after. To, to be fair, though, I don't think anyone could anticipate an offense to be quite that like awful. <laughs> Terrible. It's like it's like the the it's like. It was just like continuously watch it, watching a slow a car crash in slow motion that entire season. It was like, oh god, this is terrible. But can it get better? Uh, Twenty eighteen was pretty good. Will this ever get better? Oh nope. Oh we're we're heading towards the end of the season. Oh they stuck still. Oh, and that was twenty nineteen. Okay. Let, let, let's move on. We're kind of off topic. Marquise Goodwin is going to the Olympic trials. Quick thoughts on it, Reese. Hopefully this doesn't impact his Bears season. But honestly, pretty good that he's still able to compete in the Olympics. Yeah, I mean, he's a pretty fast guy. I think that, you know, it, it boils down to that. I think 
is an interesting experience for him, and it's something that we don't really see. I feel like this is something that happened a lot more maybe back in like the 70s and 80s where we kind of had some more of these cross, especially between track and like football, between just like the speedy guys, you know. It's cool. I mean, there's no other way to say it. I mean, it's not really, there's no huge takeaways you can take, but it's cool that they have someone like that on their team. I don't think he's going to be, you know, some world beater for this team, but I didn't mind the addition. I think that he could certainly be a splash player for sure. And, you know, when you have a quarterback like Justin Fields that hopefully will be starting for a good amount of games, develop a connection. He has an amazing deep ball. You got someone like Marquise Goodwin that can, you know, smoke a lot of these, you know, um, defensive backs, corners. I mean, that's that's like a perfect situation right there. All reports have been that he's been a major standout in camp. Him and Damir Bird. I am really interested to see how this wide receiver position plays out. Extremely interested because I think that the Bears have... I feel like they finally, after like three years of us begging for them to do it, have started rounding out the back end of their positions. Like, we, we called so much for certain wide receiver ads, certain running back ads. Now they have Damian Williams, who's going to be an amazing number three running back. And they have Khalil Herbert, whichever one of them, you know, plays better. Two, I mean, Damian Williams was in contention for Super Bowl MVP. I mean, he was that good in the Super Bowl. He had like 140 yards. He was really good. He sat out last season, so I guess you never know how these players, after they sit out for a year, I mean, it could be like Le'Veon Bell where he just completely went downhill after he sat out. But, I mean, we're talking about a player that that was almost a Super Bowl MVP. Um, a lot of people argue he should have been over Patrick Mahomes in that Super Bowl because Patrick Mahomes did not play that well. But, again, it's still a quarterback when he wins the Super Bowl. And then we, then we have guys like Damir Bird who, as far as production goes from a snap perspective – played amazing with the Patriots. I mean, he averaged like 20 yard 20 yards a catch. Insane insane statistics there. And then we you have someone like Marquise Goodwin who I I can't he had a little bit of a disappointing season last year. A lot of his disappointing seasons came after injuries, but someone who is could be one of the fastest guys in the NFL. Yeah, now those depth issues are really just kind of on the other side of the ball. I mean, they're like middle linebacker. So Yeah. Absolutely, it's switched up for sure. I mean, cornerback, DB. Yeah, I, yeah, but I have to agree with you. I mean, we we're screaming for those kind of changes really over the past two years, and I mean, it's sick that we now have that because I'm not begging for a running back right now or a wide receiver, frankly, maybe a tall wide receiver, but that's not really <laughs> going to happen. So I'll probably be wishing for that for a while. We we really do need, man. I was such a huge fan of A.J. Brown in the draft that we ended up taking Anthony Miller. I was such a big A.J. Brown fan. And if A.J. Brown was on this team right now, man, dude, dude, him, Darnell Mooney, and Allen Robinson, that's a top. disgusting. That that would be insane. It's like the perfect combo. Yeah, that's pretty disgusting. Mr. Reliable, Mr. Aggressive, and Mr. Fast. You know, that's what what it would be. And it's it's a little sad. I think he, he went a... Above Anthony Miller, didn't he? I know he went in the second round, but maybe he. Oh yeah, because the Bears traded up into the second round with the Patriots uh, in order to get Anthony Miller. So yeah, the Titans had a higher pick than the Patriots, so they took him in the second round. Uh, man, it it, it would have been nice if we <laughs> would have ended up taking him, but you know what can you do? Nothing. 
I mean, the, <laughs> you know, when it, when it, when you look back at it, it's, it played out decently for them. Anthony Miller just, oh, it just looks like a big, um, we could get into a whole different podcast spot, but it just seems like a huge waste of potential, Talent. but mm-hmm. it's weird just how this has all shaken up. Hopefully he turns it around. I mean, after his rookie year, he looked spectacular, but I, I just feel like, honestly, a lot of it has to do with Trubisky, so maybe Justin Fields and Andy Dalton will give him a better look. Uh, he played really good at the beginning of the season this past year. He was huge in our comeback wins. He scored both the final touchdowns in the Lions game and the Falcons game. Anthony Miller is not a closed book by any means, but he needs to get... He, he, he needs to get mentally right man he needs to get mentally right if someone like des bryant can get cut for like not being mentally right then anthony miller can certainly be cut certainly okay so let's go ahead and move on to the final topic of the podcast we're not going to be here with you guys for an hour and 20 minutes uh unfortunately (laughs) uh it's so weird because we plan this stuff out and we're like always like oh yeah this will only be 45 minutes to an hour and it's like oh it's an hour and 20 minutes uh you know, we, we like here at the Bare Necessities, we like to go in depth with you guys. You Can't know, help we, but rant. We, yeah. And also, there's a lot of built up frustration here, man. We we lived through the 2018 season. I saw Cody Parkey doink the, the field goal in the playoff game, man. After that, I've just never been the same. <laughs> no, uh, I'm, I'm just playing. Historically, but. I mean, that's just one of the biggest Bears moments in history. I mean, it's unfortunate that it has to be such a, a crap one, but. It's because it was just such a good team. That's not going to dissipate for a long time. That team was was amazing. That team was absolutely amazing, and all of their losses were like fluke losses. Almost every single one of their losses were like, how did they lose that game? I mean, they lost to Brock Osweiler on the Dolphins that year. That was insane. Uh, But, yeah, let's go ahead and move on so that we don't make this an hour and 20 long podcast. Uh, So we're respectful with our podcast listeners time. Thank you guys for joining us, by the way. Uh, Justin Fields. I want to talk a little bit about Justin Fields expectations uh, in 2021. MVP. (laughs) He he has to be the MVP. (laughs) I mean, this is hard. This is a hard question because some people are saying they're sky high. And that's a little bit concerning to me because Chicago is a tough city to play in, especially at the quarterback position. There's so much built up frustration. There's so much angst in the Chicago Bears fan base, especially now. I mean, we're really hitting the tail end of this amazing defense that we have of like guys careers like Khalil Mack, Danny Trevathan, you know, uh, Maybe not Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack still will have some time. But guys like Danny Trevathan, Akeem Hicks, man, they're not going to be on this team for much longer. And they were cornerstones. They pretty much defined uh, the Chicago Bears in the later half of the 2010s. You know, they they defined this team. They've been the leaders of this team. They're very important. And I think that there is something in Bears fans, a lot of Bears fans, that want to see them succeed and win the Super Bowl. And especially, I mean... Are there really any better guys than guys like Danny Trevathan and Akeem Hicks as far as people go in the NFL? I mean, they are like A-class people. Yeah, I know. They they, they do a lot, and it would be great to, to bring one home for them. I'd say as far as Justin Fields goes, I'd say sauce, sauce me out a number of games played, and I'll give you a, a, a readout. <sighs> well, I guess that, that's gonna, that is certainly going to impact this. I feel like... 
God, to make I mean, it easy, this such a hard it, thing to make half it easy, the season. We'll say ten games. Let's say ten games. It's probably a little bit more than he might get, but to to give the numbers sure. a little bit of validity. So ten games. I'd say twenty eight hundred yards passing. Seventeen to like twenty three touchdowns, like six to eight picks, and probably another five to six rushing touchdowns, and throw on like three hundred yards rushing. Yeah, I mean that would beat out Mitchell Trubisky's best season as Bears quarterback. Well, I, is, and I would expect him to fully do that, but yeah. that'd be like a two hundred eighty yard per game passing um what would that be so i'm basically saying about that would be two, big no that would two, be big like two to two and a half touchdowns per for passing wise pretty low on their receptions because i find him to be pretty responsible if and, he did that he would if he did that the entire season he would come close to uh herbert's numbers yeah fairly close and I don't, I don't think he'll quite have the shot from Herbert. I don't think. He's no, that's unrealistic. that's unrealistic. That's unrealistic. Unless there's some some team nurse at the Bears that wants to you know just puncture a little lung on <laughs> Dalton. And, the, you know, Ryan what? Pace is like, listen, I don't know how much longer I got here. <laughs> uh, that that isn't uh, honestly. I feel bad for Tyrod Taylor. Uh, obviously, we're not a Chargers podcast, but man, talk about a guy who's really never had a fair shake in the NFL. I mean, it just seems like every single time he gets a chance, some freak thing goes wrong. Um, but I actually, uh, with the Bills, he had a fair shake, but later on in his career, he didn't really have one. Um, anyways, man, this is so difficult because I almost want to say... I think he could have close to a Deshaun Watson rookie year because I feel like Justin Fields has a lot of similarities to Deshaun Watson, but also I feel like he was, I mean, Deshaun Watson was obviously a superstar in college, but as far as a prospect goes, I feel like he was better than Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I agree. And you're more more of a college football. You're more of a college football fan than I am. So you could probably give us better insight on that. I, I think he's a bit more complete, to be honest. I, Deshaun Watson was just a winner. You know, when he came out yeah. of the draft, like, he was just someone that won all the time. And, and Justin Fields isn't very much different. I mean, he doesn't have a national championship to show for it. But he also didn't have, like, Ohio State elite-level team, best in the Big Ten, of course. Mm-hmm. But the Clemson rosters during Deshaun Watson's era were just stacked, you know. And better, I would say better than what... Fields had yeah Chris Olave that's that's his best receiver didn't Deshaun Watson have Mike Williams he uh, did right yeah Hunter Renfro man yeah (laughs) dude that is crazy I had not heard that name in a little bit (laughs) doesn't he play in the league he does and I remember when he came out he had a lot of hype behind his name like people are like this, this no people are like listen in the fourth fifth round I think that's about where he went he's like this is a value this is a guy I think he's on the Raiders right now let me check I mean he's like a he's a really good slot receiver but I don't think saying that he'd be anything more than like and not that Julian Edelman is yes a, a, bro he's on the Raiders <laughs> not that he's a scrub at all Julian Edelman but that's like 
absolute peak of what Hunter Renfro could ever dream to be would be like a Julian Edelman. Absolute peak. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. No, I remember... God, this is getting into kind of like a nostalgic podcast because I feel like we're talking a lot about It's past so football. out of hand. The topics be- have lasted for about it, it, two sentences and then we just get out of it. Yeah, but true football fans will love this. It's like Hunter Renfro, when he came out of the draft, man, he wasn't ever looked at as like a top two round talent, but people were like, man, you know who he reminds me a lot? His hype reminds me a lot of? Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin has actually exceeded expectations in the NFL. He's a good right, he's wide a receiver, receiver with the Redskins with the Redskins but or sorry with the the football team. Uh but he <laughs> but he uh Hunter Renfro was also kind of viewed in that same light where it's like man scouts are big on him. I remember I remember the articles like scouts are big on Hunter Renfro. They think he's Julian Edelman <laughs> part 2. <laughs> I remember getting on Terry McLaurin in fantasy before anyone else did. That was probably my best fantasy move I ever made. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's just like there's always – it's funny because the, the draft is very predictable. The draft is extremely predictable because there is always these, these couple guys who draft geeks really hype up, you know. And, and there's nothing wrong with being a draft geek. You know, I'm, I'm a huge – fan of uh, of talking about film I, I worked for a college football team for two years you know I, like literally i i'm a big film guy as well i think film is much better than looking at statistics or anything like that but that being said there's something to be said about just like the eye test and the the guy this year that was like that was who god i can't even think of his name the quarterback from stanford uh davis mills davis mills it's like, dude, there's so every single year there's a Davis Mills quarterback. And every single year he's terrible in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, just about. That's why I never wanted the Bears to get him. Me dude, remember when we were doing a segment on Davis Mills potentially being the Chicago Bears quarterback in the first round? Oh god. Don't <laughs> me, man. God. Okay. Anyways, this Justin, is a guy Chris Collins. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Here's a guy where, you know, he's Tom Brady. No. Uh Listen, Justin Fields' 2021 expectations, let's get back on track. I think a lot of Bears fans are going to want him to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Well, he's not going to have the chance. Unless he's able to play 10-plus games, he's not going to get the shot. Yeah. Unless he comes out in, like, six games and just, like, is like 400 yards every game, you know? Unless the Bears just look completely different on offense. If the Bears actually look like a good offensive team with him, I feel like... If the Bears are winning games because of their offense, he has a chance at it because it's like, damn, the Bears have never had a good offense. If he yeah. is able to do that, it's like, okay, yeah, I think that's a shot. But really, realistically, I'm setting, man, I hate to say it, but I think that we might only see him for half the season and that might even be optimistic. I feel like Matt Nagy, if Andy Dalton is winning games, which I think Andy Dalton is better than Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles by a lot, I think that he's going to stick with Andy Dalton until Justin Fields is completely ready. And Matt Nagy's offense is not the most easy to understand. Justin Fields is one of the most intelligent quarterbacks to ever come in the NFL based on uh, uh, aptitude tests. But at the same time, Matt Nagy's offense is hard to understand. Maybe he gets out there midseason. And if he gets out there midseason, he's going to have an uphill battle than other guys. I mean, God, if you're a running back in the NFL, you can instantly make an impact your rookie year. 
There's guys who could instantly make an impact. I mean, like Travis Etienne, where he can instantly make an impact on his team. Travis Etienne, if you told me he he had 1,300 yards this season, I would not be surprised. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he, there are so many other positions that's so easy to be. It's almost difficult to win offensive rookie of the year as a quarterback. And Justin Fields, it might be a little difficult if he only has half the season to start. I'm going to steal a line right from my brother. And if, if Justin Fields can't manage to learn Nagy's offense, then his system is broken. I agree. Like, let's be frank here. Like if Justin Fields can't wrap it around, wrap his head around what Nagy wants, then that tells you everything you need to know. Case in point. That No, that's a, that's, that's a great way to put it. Uh, yeah. Recent. That, that's honestly an amazing way to put it. I think that's a great point because Literally, Justin Fields is one is considered one of the best quarterback. I mean, if you talk about high school prospects, he's right up there with Trevor Lawrence as far as how he was viewed in high school. If you're talking about college prospects, he's also pretty much up there. If we literally, if we exclude the COVID year, people would be before the COVID year happened. People were saying Justin Fields might beat out Trevor Lawrence for that number one overall spot. It was always Justin Fields versus Trevor Lawrence their entire careers together. I mean, these are two elite, elite prospects. And the draft is weird. It is kind of weird to think in hindsight that (laughs) someone like Trey Lance and Zach Wilson could go over Justin Fields. Even though I was a big Trey Lance fan, I was also a big Zach Wilson fan. But it's kind of insane to think in hindsight that someone that's as big as Justin Fields, as strong as Justin Fields, as explosive as Justin Fields, that has the running capability as Justin Fields, that is a winner like Justin Fields. It is insane that he could go where he went in the draft. Getting a quarterback like Justin Field, 10th overall, is insane. And the draft is weird, man. The draft is extremely weird. It is a little weird that, you know, Mitch Trubisky went over Deshaun Watson. That That is a very... No one was saying that Patrick Mahomes should go over Mitchell Trubisky, but there were a lot of people saying a lot. Of, and I don't even think it was the majority, but a lot, uh, a good amount of people said that Deshaun Watson should have went over him. They were right, but I don't know, man. What you got to wait for is just watch it all play out ultimately. And, you know, we can't really predict when Justin Fields is going to come in, I think. You could very much be right that we're going to see him, you know, eight or less games. I want him to be 10 plus games, but I'm just being greedy. I want to watch some entertaining football come this fall. And I know the most entertaining Bears football is going to come with Justin Fields at that quarterback position. I don't disagree that, you know, Dalton's even a step up from what we had last year. But frankly, I think we just both know and we'll be lying to ourselves. We're like, hey, if you want to field the most entertaining team, which at the end of the day, we're watching uh, this team for entertainment. I want to be entertained, damn it. (laughs) Give me Justin Fields. (laughs) That is a very good way to put it. Man, there's a lot of built up angst with this team. (laughs) Yeah, I just just let it all out, though. And now I feel pretty good. I feel pretty cooled off. You know, we're here. Pretty much towards the end, and I'm good to go. Yeah, I can chill. (laughs) I am super excited for Bears training camp. I mean, it's going to be so hard to not get so excited for Justin Fields. I can only imagine that there's going to be a lot of fans that show up to training camp that see Justin Fields over Andy Dalton are like, hey, 
why isn't this good dude playing <laughs> and when it comes week one week two week three my question is before we wrap up the show how short of a leash do you think andy dalton has like how many games in a row would he have to drop for them to say okay it's justin fields time i'm saying yeah, i almost four. feel four. Oh my god God, I, I would be so upset with that, man. If we, if we, I mean, I know the leash with Nick Foles was pretty long. I mean, he dropped what, like six games in a row? Six games? Yeah, six yeah. game losing streak. Yeah, in the middle of the season for them to finally pull pull him. Um, <laughs> honestly, looking back at that, that, that's kind of pathetic that they pulled him for the guy that they, I don't know. Um, anyways. I hope that it's like a two, three game leash. If I have to watch the Bears go through a four game winning streak again, man, we're going to be calling for Matt Nagy to get fired. We are. I mean, that's that's what we did at towards the end of of Nick Foles' time with the Bears before he got I'm pulled. I'm low-key upset they didn't. Yeah, at the time, it made sense. At the time, at the time, it made sense. His play calling last year during that losing streak was mind-numbingly bad. I mean, we saw multiple third and longs run plays. Third and long run plays. It's insane. Mark Trestman. I mean, honestly, when when people during that that losing streak where Matt Nagy finally gave up play calling duties, and I think Matt Nagy is going to be a lot better of a play caller. Truthfully, I think a lot of the reason why he didn't know how to play call is because he didn't have a good quarterback. It's Mitch Trubisky. Even when the play calls were right, he couldn't execute it, which is obviously a flaw in Matt Nagy. But there's a lot of good play callers in the NFL right now that if they didn't have a good quarterback, they wouldn't know what they were doing. And and kind of honestly like Andy Reid when he was with the Eagles. Um, anyways, but I hope that the leash is like two, three games. Because I'm okay with them losing week one. I'm almost expecting it against the Rams. But, <laughs> I mean, we're going to be talking about playing the Bengals. I mean, we're, we're going to be talking about playing some not-so-great teams in the beginning of the season. And if we have to sit through some bad teams i don't know man i don't know and andy dalton is a is a decent quarterback i mean he was a starter for a very long time he's played so much in the nfl it's a completely different situation than nick Foles. but man you just you just have to hope we don't have to sit through that dalton might just even be too emotional to face the Bengals. i think honestly i think there's a solid chance and i would almost bet on this is that dalton gets injured and that's why field starts Oh, dude, that's plenty possible. 100%. I think that's going to be the case. I think Andy Dalton, I mean, if you look at his injury history through the past couple of years, even when he was with the Cowboys, he got injured. I think that the most likely situation for Field starting over 10 games in the year is that Andy Dalton gets injured. And I think that's a complete possibility. It's that if Jermaine Effetti whiffs a block and he gets hit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, let's go ahead and close off the show, guys. Thank you so much. Please, if you're listening right now, I mean, this is an hour and 11-minute podcast. Listen, please leave us a rating and review. We really appreciate it. Like you do Only if we deserve it, though. Be, uh, yeah, honestly, only if we deserve it. But you do not realize how much like that little bit of time it takes really uh, positively impacts us. And, man, I hope that we can meet some of our fans at a training camp or something. Man, I know it's difficult because I'm out here in Los Angeles. Uh it, it, it's it's a little difficult to get back to Chicago, but you know I'm I'm hoping that we can get to a training camp this 
this this year and, yeah. and meet some and of I, our friends. I owe you a dinner too whenever you get out of here. Oh, so yeah. Like, you, may, you maybe do. some tea bell or something. <laughs> there you go. There you Don't go. Get your hopes Ex- up. No. Exquisite cuisine. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I'm honestly, kidding. I'll take, I'll straight up, I'll honestly take Moe's burritos, bro. Uh, we're going That's to Arlington deal. Heights. That's a future, deal. future bears home and we're getting Moe's, bro. Are Dude, think about it. in Arlington Heights? That's a game. Dude, game there's one right, right in Arlington Heights. Bro, think about it. Olivia nazarene university where they used to have the training camp they had a mose you know why the bears are moving to arlington they're like listen we're going up to lake forest now we need to get us we need to get back <laughs> towards some mose we saw marcus cooper there i mean man it, it, that place is it, we need a mose sponsorship we need a mose sponsorship listen mr mo if you're listening to this podcast please sponsor us but yeah let's kill the podcast guys all right reese any last words thank you guys so much <laughs> Didn't even give me a chance for any last words. Say it. Say it. <laughs> Bear down. Bear, Bear down. down. Bye. <laughs>